Welcome to Double Dose of Raw Talk Podcast, your weekly dose of many discussions and opinions, a show where we get comfortable being uncomfortable. And remember, no topic is off limits. Now let's talk about it. And we can get started. Hello, hello. I'd be swearing I could sing. I can't. But oh no, me too. My listeners I'm are gonna take are gonna take these vocals the way it is, and that's it. <laughs> no, <laughs> they can't make it to the shower with. They're me, gonna so. get what they're gonna get. Yeah, that's <laughs> that. Just picture the shower sound in the background. But this is what I sound like. This is exactly how it is. All right, so we are back. Welcome back, guys. Another week and another episode on Double Dose of Raw Talk podcast. I'm your host, Misty, and today we have a guest, and I'm excited. You hear me? My vocals are there today. You are so excited. I am. I am. <laughs> it's because my energy was so off in like these last two days. I don't know a what lot of people. happened. It's a lot. So I saw somewhere that there's like a full moon. Ugh. It's probably the what is the Mer- Mercury's and reggaeton? reggaeton at this right point, now. yeah, because I can still back, I can still like back it up, right? But like my energy's <laughs> there. Yeah, but I can still, still drop it like it's hot. I but, can still do that. But like, I'll start crying right after. Right. And I'll be like, I don't know what just happened. It's <laughs> exactly what I needed. Yeah. <laughs> I love it here. Oh. That's, it's giving. Yeah, it's giving. I'm much. a hot mess. It's what it is. But oh, that's man. what it's been like for these last two days. And so this feels great. You know, this feels great. I uh, Today, so in honor of, because everything is alignment, right? And so I know. We were I was supposed thinking that to, before you were right? about to say what you are about to say. Yeah, you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> See what I mean, guys? See what I mean? Okay, so we were supposed to record this already, like, what, once or twice? We were already trying to record. We rescheduled. Three times. Three times, right? And so if anybody knows me, you guys know already, I like things to happen at the accommodation of my guests. Why do I say that? Because I'm a working mother. I have a full career. So I know what it is to sometimes shit happens and life just happens, right? So I like to accommodate my guests, right? And the truth is, I do feel like I have still a lot of flexibility. I do feel that way. When I'm asking someone who is leading staff, leading businesses, leading all of that, I I am not doing that as a sole focus. So I feel, I know what my nine to five is and I know what my other time is available. The other person, they could get called in at any given moment for anything. You know what I mean? So that's me. I know. So I like to, I like to accommodate, you know, someday maybe though the roles will reverse and I hope and pray that someone can give me that grace too. But I understand that piece uh, when it comes to my responsibility to my show and my platform, right? But life has been happening, and so my energy has also been off, right? And one thing we want to give here to the listenership of Double Dose of Raw Talk is some dope-ass conversation. We always want that. Yes, a vibe. Yes, and here we are today. It is International Women's Day today. So that's right. (laughs) And it's alignment to me. It's like, look at the day that we are available we can come together. We can have conversation here because if you guys already know, you know we're gonna keep it all the way raw here. Oh man, <laughs> we are. I know it. I don't I know. know how else to be. Ooh. That's right. And um, I'm just excited. I'm excited to have you here. So, in the past, Daisy has always given like you know, in true misty fashion, a whole spew of an intro. But I feel that if I'm creating a platform to give others a voice and a microphone, I like the person, my guest, um, to 
come on on here and give themselves their intro by name, service, business. Service doesn't sound very appropriate. Let me let me backtrack that. Your business and the <laughs> services that are offered through your business and your platform. I mean, it is a service. I mean, you know, it's giving. I was flirting with someone earlier, and I was totally talking about services here. So I should I should not have to, I should not have said this at this moment. But please, to my dear guest, would you please introduce yourself to my listeners? So the name is Josie, Josie Maldonado. I am a renowned, not renowned, I am a newly announced business coach with a business degree background. I am a wedding and event planner. It will be 13 years, March 28th, actually in 20 days. And I am a mother of two. My daughter is 20 and my son is 14. I am 39 years young. I come from Dominican family, heritage, born and raised, not raised in New York, but like a lot of my history is in New York, but I've been in Jersey for years. Um, what I, my services, what I do, what I provide for this world are lately have been helping women really walk in their power. I've noticed that lately I've just been helping them feel better about themselves. I guess it's more of the regaining their confidence because I feel like I suffered with that and I went through that recently. So I feel like that's the alignment that's coming towards me without me even asking for it. And we talked about this like two weeks ago and it already changed how how things shift. So I've noticed like lately a lot of people approaching me like, oh my God, you know, I love what you're doing for yourself and I want to do that. So that's where I'm at now, coaching women in business. Um, I didn't mean to just coach women. I do have some men that I coach, but primarily it's women. And I'm a full-on powerhouse. I do a lot of things. I own three businesses now, and I don't know what else I'm going to be doing. Oh, and the podcast. I launched my podcast in December. So, yeah, it's a lot going on. That's why I had to reschedule three times. (laughs) (laughs) But we're here now. We are absolutely here today. Uh, Do you want to share with us the name of your podcast? Let's just put it out there because it's going to go in the show notes anyway. The name of the podcast is The Fierce Fempreneur. So... It is all motivational, not a basic empowerment podcast because there's so many of that. And I feel like sometimes you're not really empowered, but my focus is to help you stay fierce, focused, and fucking fabulous in all your endeavors in life and business. So the name is, it's We're Fierce and We're Fempreneurs. I'm going to have guest speakers, male and female, because in the industry that I come from, I work with a lot of men and I do work with primarily women, but... I don't want to disassociate males in this entrepreneurial world because let's be honest, we both kick ass in what we do. So why not? Absolutely. I'm here for that. I love that you said that too, because I do feel, you know, in the spirit of International Women's Day, I'm, I'm all for it. First of all, we celebrate women every day, but we also do. I don't ever want it to, to um, attach that stigma that it's us versus them for the rest of our no, lives. I actually hate that to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's a little fucked up because Mother's Day is one of the biggest holidays in the world. And Father's Day is one of the least holidays, like the lowest holidays in the world. And I just talked about that with my friend and he was like, fuck that, you guys get everything. And now we have today. And I'm like, you know what? It's true. Like, why is there so much for us women and not for men? There are some really good men out there fathers men business owners that kick ass on a daily basis and they deserve flowers too like it's not just you know we do a lot as moms in general but there are some fathers that play both roles 
Mm-hmm. You just said that to me. I a did. A few minutes ago. It's actually so. not a secret on this platform. No. Oh, I've, okay. Yeah, so I've, like, no, I've shared the story. There's a lot of men that, yeah. kick, you know, like, I don't know. I surround myself with powerful people, men and women. So for me, I like to share my platform to both. And it's just, I resonate. Ooh, I resonate with, like, both. So for me, it's like, I don't have to be a female that only works with females. Like, if that's what I attract, great. But I can coach men. I can work with men because I've done it for years and I resonate a lot with my masculine side. Been like that for years. But I also have that feminine energy that's finally flourishing now as I got older. But my whole life, I I lived through my masculine side. Mm-hmm. My friends used to be like, you're such a dude. Always. You're such a dude. You're, <laughs> you're a guy. You act like a guy. You think like a guy. And I'm like, you know what? That blesses me sometimes. Yes. Because sometimes I don't get played out. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah. I don't get, like, go to get my tires checked and they be trying to play me. I'm like, nah, yeah. I'm not paying you for that. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not stupid. <laughs> like, but that's the thing. We got that stereotype. Women, go get your car fixed. Oh, yeah, ella no sabe nada. Right. I'm going to go, I'm going to hit her over the head. No, no. No, that's no fam. No. <laughs> I've dri- driven hoopties my whole life. You ain't playing with me. <laughs> See, and I'm so not like, a, I'm not a driver, but one thing my dad had as a conversation with me from the beginning was, no, no dejes que te vean la cara. He told no, me that from the beginning. Like, they're gonna right away think that you're yeah. an idiot. You don't know shit about cars. Yeah. And I'll be like, hold up. If I don't know what my brother does or my mm-hmm. boy does or somebody does, I'm gonna find out before you price this. That part. Yep. You're that not part. Gonna, <laughs> you're not about to take that me for part. granted. That part. For the record, I am going to get better at my practicing with driving because I do have my license, but I don't still oh, feel like it's hard in New York. You know, though. We're mastering. Like really yeah. Hard. yeah, it is, but yeah. we're going to get there. We're, my personal trainer tells me all the time when you are ready, you let me know. Cause I'm going with you. I'm like, all right, I got you. I got he's like, no. an empty parking lot. Yeah. He's like, no. he's like, no, you're not going to, nobody's going to like look at you and think they could get away with shit because they will try. Cause you're a woman, you know? Um, it's so funny because and in true fashion of double dose of raw talk, everything just segues right in. This is actually what I wanted to highlight with the raw mess of the week because I always like to leave it to like the day of or the day before to see what's in breaking news what's in what's in the out like what are we talking about right so I don't know where you're going (laughs) oh well we're gonna go there so you see how we just flowed right into the whole men versus women or like we don't like that shit right well because you know sometimes here we get a little spicy um so I want to be able to discuss about a show that's on Netflix and it returned for season two and yes it's sex life (laughs) but let me let me tell you why No, well, let me tell you why. Okay, because while, yes, ladies and gentlemen, there's plenty of sex in there, there is a concept that I want to be able for us to talk about here, okay? We, I'm all for it because uh, that show was my shit. It, it's, it's my shit too. Like the moment it came out, I was like, I don't care if I have to go to sleep to go to work the next day. I am binging this whole shit all I'm watching night. this shit like, at work. I'm watching it. So here's the thing. Um, it's totally spoiler alert, but whatever. I hope you go watch it. Don't worry. I didn't kill the vibe. You still want to see it. You want to see all of it. Yeah. Okay. But there is a concept here that I thought was very interesting. Very, very interesting. For years, we have seen in, in many different cultures, in telenovelas, in, in soap, soap operas too, because, you know, if they do it in Spanish, they do it in English, um, movies, all of this, right? It's always the husband cheating or the husband stepping out, right? Don't talk about this with me. <laughs> Josie, I'm sorry. God, forgive me for things I'm well, about 
to say? Well, it's alignment. <laughs> it's alignment. That's what it is. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, listen, I don't know what you're about to ask, but go. <laughs> well, this is the I thing, I got some right? shit to say. No, well, this is the thing. I just thought for one, to put it from the light of the woman stepping out emotionally, mentally, because that's really what it was. That That's essentially what it was from the beginning. This was someone from her past, someone she hasn't forgotten. She's already married, and he has resurfaced. The thought of him has resurfaced, right? Um, all these past memories resurfaced. Who she was in the past resurfaced, right? And so there's a whole dr- dr- theatrics and dramatics in season one. But in season two, I loved how they opened up with her. You know, there's an interaction between her and the guy who she's been fantasizing about, who's her ex. But when he tells her, go back to your husband and talk to him, right? Brad, listen, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I never thought. <laughs> so the thing with this is um, <clears throat> when she said to her husband, when she went to go talk to him, she tells him that the problem is, is beyond Brad. It's between them two. And for a split second, I feel like I've seen something that I've never seen before. I saw a, I saw a vulnerable husband and a woman deciding to walk away and walk out and that's not something we usually see I I didn't grow up in that scene I, I I you know I've grown up hearing stories of men leaving right of men leaving the family she actually is the one who goes and moves out it's the kids who stay in the house and it's the dad who's mostly staying in the house right with a nanny like there's so much that I feel like the roles reversed and I think they did that on purpose because it needed to be brought to light yes because I feel like this is not new no there's no. no way that that's oh my god que maldito loquera no these are things that happen that are just not brought into daylight and because they don't want women to look bad unfortunately we have such a we're on this high pedestal but there's a lot of us that are fucking hoes literally in general even if the, even if they're in a happy home, they like to, you know, be promiscuous, be out. Now, when you're in a situation like that, where you literally just don't feel seen anymore, that's really what it is. You don't feel seen anymore. And you're like, well, someone's going to fucking see me. And you're basically telling someone, hey, I'm missing this. I'm missing the old us, me. I miss my old me. I want to be me again. Like, I have to change to please you? I don't want to be with you then. Right, right. Mm. Like, if I was a freca all my life, and then I meet this man, that's amazing. But then that piece of me that I'm like, damn, I have to be reserved now. But he's such a good man. But now I got to be this reserved wife. Why you can't be his, why you can't be his hoe, his wife, his everything, children, his everything. Everything. Why can't it be the whole package? Why right. is there always something fucking lacking? Right. It right. sucks. You know why, though? There's no conversation. That's the part. And that's exactly why I wanted to bring this up. Because we're, we're aligned. No, this is exactly it. She admits it. She actually says to him towards the end of the season two, he actually goes back to an old flame and they are engaged and they're good. he tells her i'm going to ask her to marry me and she's happy for him right um the main the main character the now ex-wife and she goes you know that's who you should have been with this whole time had i been honest with myself had i been honest with you you know and the reason why i want to bring this to light is because a lot of the time and and this is not by no means it's a bashing thing it's about putting out there what it means to be a woman it this is part of the empowerment and the power 
that us women have. When we say we are a powerhouse, we mean it. We absolutely do. But with that comes the ways that we say we want things, the things we want, how we want them, standing in our truth, standing in our power, right? And being able to be vocal about that, you know, and and not hide behind someone's idea of you when you are a woman and you know just how strong you are you should be able to live in that you should be able to live in your truth especially if you're choosing to marry someone and spend the rest rest of your life which is what you're supposed to do when you get married right that's the thing it's not like you're doing this for like oh you know let's try this for five years no you marry somebody because you expect to be with that person for till you know death was part is what they say right now if you cannot tell your partner who you really are from the beginning before you even get to the point of let's get married, that's not the right partner for you because I just feel like it's going to erupt eventually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even if it is a sexual conversation, even if it is, hey, I don't like the way you eat me out. I like this. Hey, I don't, I like this. Hey, can you move this way? Like, Growing up, I would just, and we had this conversation in the last podcast, like, I was just having sex to have sex. It wasn't for me. It was just a thing to do, literally. Because I was young. I didn't know any better. I didn't know about my body. I didn't know what I liked. Now, I mean, I was in a long-term relationship for five years. It took a good year and a half for us to really understand our bodies. But we had to talk about it. Because I was like, I can't do this unless you figure me out. Or try, like, because it's the truth. If I can't tell my partner, hey, I don't like that, I actually like this, then that's going to, in tune later, affect us. Because if I'm holding on to this idea of them, this is what I like, and I've been just doing this because of you and the way you like it, then what about me? You're you're having a, an amazing time every night. You're you're coming. You're you're finishing. Tu ta gozando. Y yo ahí. Oh, it was, it was so much fun. <laughs> I And I, I, this phase cannot lie. Same. So they'd be like, are you good? Like, if you're asking me if I'm good, I'm not. Like, bye. So, like, the whole situation really stems from just having initial conversations. And also just women not being scared to say, hey, something's going on. Even men. A man. When it comes to a man, obviously. And women. Sorry, my son. But, like, giving oral is different for every man and every woman. Someone likes this. Someone doesn't. This one likes that. That one doesn't. You can't be like, I've done this my whole life this way. Then this guy comes along and it's like, yo, I don't like that hurts or hey, too fast or hey, too slow. You can't be offended. I'd be like, what the fuck? I know what I'm doing. No, bitch. You do for someone else. Right. And, you don't like that. <laughs> and I love, and, and this is why I'm like with, with Josie, like Josie sees it how I do. I've said this on this platform before. If we as people, as adults, especially partners and relationships, cannot have something so bare of a conversation completely naked, how can you have any other types of conversations, whether individually or with your partner of any other kind? How do you walk into a room and know how to approach someone when you can't even have a naked truth conversation with the person you sleep with? And and I, I truly feel that's that way. It's a very vulnerable time. It's a very vulnerable time. Yes. Have it at that moment because they're like, oh my God, you're seeing all of me right now. You're literally seeing all of me and you're asking me this, like what? But I'm so like open with conversations since I was younger. 
And my even my friends would be like, yo, you you talk about anything. Like you can always just you're the go to for conversations because I don't judge yep. anybody. Mm-hmm. Even if it is my partner, if he says, yo, I want to try this, I'd be like, all right, yes. <laughs> even if I don't want to, literally, because I'm like, you know what? It's something you're in, you're gonna enjoy possibly. Let me try it with you. And I might pick it up and be like, you know what? That wasn't so bad. And then vice versa. Like I want to try this, and I've been I've been in a situation where I'm like. Oh, I don't really want to, right. <laughs> but I'm willing to but like I'm explore with- yes. and then be like, you know what? It wasn't so bad. Maybe we could try something different or let's try this. It's just, it's literally just a conversation. And the thing is with the whole emotional thing behind it, you don't want to offend your partner getting offended or hurting someone's feelings or them thinking, yo, are you cheating? Or where did you learn this? Or why do you even know this stuff? I had a life before you. Yes. Ooh, talk about that. Ooh. I had a life before you. People did things differently. Everybody's different. Even kissing. You can't kiss the same people the same way. They all, everybody kisses different. Like, just that. And that's so intimate to me. I feel like kissing is me too. way more intimate. Yo, <laughs> if you made out with someone, <laughs> if you made out... <gasps> Yes, that no, is it's very, so, actually very me, intimate. Some yeah. people are like, why? It's just a kiss. I'm like, a tap kiss no, is just a just kiss. A but kiss. if y'all making out, uh-huh. there's some emotional like, ooh, oh, I like mm-hmm. this. And then I'm going to be like, I feel like that hurts more. You remember in the first season when they go to the fucking swinger party, mm-hmm. how upset she got at that yes. scene. Yes, yes, yes. That's a very Which- intimate moment. Versus, versus just having sex i feel like if he was just having sex she wouldn't have felt the way she felt but the fact that he was like enjoying that and yes. finished so fast she was like i can't she got her just, she, she was her. her and he yeah. was like what the fuck i thought we came yeah. here for you yeah yeah <laughs> like no. the whole communication was a mess 100%. but i'm like i i felt her like i was like no no it's so true and again listen safe space here because on this platform i've definitely shared my experience with a former partner going to a sex club one of the things for sure and and um you know i never incriminate so i don't say names here and i'm not gonna say his name but one of the things i did appreciate is in one of those moments um there was a conversation had and he did say listen i you know starting today like today i'm just not feeling the idea of having to see you with someone else or you see me with someone else i just wanted to be my enjoyment with you and that communication piece i had to understand i had to respect that that's my partner in that moment right we're gonna go into the space together like we have but i need to respect his comfort and and i i do not take for granted at all i appreciate it so much that he was vocal about that and communicated that to me because that just made it all the more easier and still enjoyable in that moment to for us to still continue to do what we like to do but in the way that is fitting for the both of us right because i was still going to get my my fix of what i wanted it, it, it didn't take away anything from me we just needed to have that communication too that's important Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm so glad that we were able to highlight this because I do think that in the spirit of what today is Women's Day, we don't want to taboo what a woman's power is in her body and her sexuality. We don't want to taboo anymore um, the comfort that a woman has, right, to, to be so confident in her skin um, in any space, whether she's at the kitchen, whether she's in the backyard, whether she is 
building things in her house, whether she is a boss, a CEO, a VP, or what have you, or or she is in the bedroom. Wherever a woman is, you are to feel in your power and make sure that people know who you are and what you want in life. And that's why I wanted to put that twist here, because it's obvious. Sex life is about sex, but there's mm-hmm. more to that. And, and No, but I that's d- why the show is called Sex Slash Life, because life. the thing is, when you first see it, you're like, this is probably a fucking another little Netflix porno thing. No, Mm-mm. there's a freaking, there's a storyline that's so important yes. back there. Yeah. And if you're not paying attention, all your focus is on the porno scenes. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were, they were great. But yeah, no, the whole point is like, yo, this lady's hurting. Yeah. Like she's not whole anymore. And, and she, she found herself. She yeah. got her um, doctorates. Mm-hmm. And what her career was, and going back to the to the sex party scene, the other people was actually his best friend and his wife. Yeah. In season two, that wife of that best friend, she goes for a divorce. She realizes that the things they were doing was just for distraction, and she was trying to get back in her field too. She was gaining regaining her confidence and her power, you know, in that See, moment. I, that that part in that relationship, she was pleasing him. Yeah, it was one way. It was one way. Yes. So it happens a lot. My husband likes this. I do this. What do you like? My wife likes this. I do this. What do you like? Do y'all like anything together? Like, so that's huge. That's, that's big. So it's a recommendation for y'all. Definitely pay attention to it. Pay attention. I mean, focus on what you're going to see because you're going to see a lot, but pay attention to it because there's so much more to these stories on all sides by all accounts, you know, both, both seeing a vulnerable man, both seeing a man, several men, right? Several men making changes to, um, being in, in their vulnerable state in their emotions, being aware of, of what they're ready for, what they're not. Um, and also the storylines with the women, I just think it was so powerful the way the production was with, with all of the plots and the twists. They added a lot of plots and twists. In they there. sure did. Like, that's my kind of show. Yeah, mine too. I mean, yes. it was great. I'm yes. glad you brought that up because that's a topic that a lot, not many people will talk about. Oh no, we talk about it here. We do, <laughs> but perfect segue. Um, to go into the as raw as it gets, uh, here I want to highlight and I open up this little topic: breaking away and breaking shit, including mass traditions. So I want to dig a little deeper with you, Josie. Um, today you have decided—well, not specifically today, but today in life—you have decided to step into an impactful season of coaching and the podcasting. I mean, you are multifaceted. Okay. It's multifaceted, <laughs> absolutely. And you've been doing the CEO life. That that is essentially the CEO life. That's what it is. I want to know for a long time. Yes, for a long time. But you know what's funny? I just recently met you, Ryan, in the little bit of time that I met you, I, I feel like I've learned so much about you. And tuning into your podcast, just listening to where you stand today, right? And and just the little bit that you shared of who you were once, right? And I know there's going to be more to learn about oh, your there journey. Is. There is. And those snippets. Snippets here yes. a little bit today. <laughs> yes. Well, remember what we said. There's a little mystery there. So I yeah. love that because I'm all about the mystery, right? But tell me your why. Tell me your why today, right? How did you get here? Why did you get here to now exploring the CEO life that includes the coaching and the podcasting? So I realized um, as an event planner, and wedding planner for so long I 
was enjoying the event industry, just being around people. I'm a people person, networking, getting out there, putting my name out there, meeting this one, connecting people. I always connect people. That's one thing I did throughout all these years. You know, Fulana met this one. I went to this event and I held an event or I hosted an event. And in the background of everything, I'm like, I'm always helping people master something in their business or in their life or help them figure something out. If there's a problem, if there is a confusion, if they don't know what to do, if they're stuck, I was always the go-to person. Like, hey, even men, hey, I'm trying to market this. How can I get my name out there? How can I? And I noticed for years I was doing it. I see, like as a favor. Oh, hey, just call me tomorrow. I'll help you. Then a few years back, I started um, teaching workshops for event planners, teaching them how to plan, how to coordinate, you know, helping them with pricing. I did that for two years before COVID. I held so far since then about seven classes my next class is actually next wednesday and i haven't had an in-person class in a while so it's going to be exciting but after even that during covid like being shut down because my industry completely shut down for almost a year i lost so much money i lost all almost all my savings i was living off unemployment bullshit that wasn't doing anything for me and i started getting coaching myself because i felt stuck and i'm like what am I doing? Like, am I, what if this happens again? Like, what am I supposed to do again? Max out my savings, stop working, not do shit. Cause I didn't have anything else going on. I have a full-time job. I didn't have a part-time job. So when I got coached, my coach was like, you know, you're a coach, right? Like what you do is coach people. And I was like, no, I'm not. I just teach them stuff. And they're like, well, you're not a teacher. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> They're like, so you my but, but all those students in the past would call me their mentor, their coach. And I just wasn't embracing that until they kept telling me, bro, yo, you're a coach. Like you literally coach these people. You literally train these people. You mentor these people. They still come back to you after three years. They still reach out to you with, oh my God, I'm still having this problem. How can I do this? Where do you think? Blah, blah, blah. And I answer and I answer and I was doing it for free. And then I was like, holy shit, I am a coach. And I had to just start embracing that because I feel like I'm, I was put on this earth to help people. I just didn't know how. And if helping them meant helping them succeed in their business or life, relationship, whatever it is, then that's what I'm going to do. So I started coaching last February and I did a group, my first group session. I had eight students. I was like, okay. And then I did another group. I had about six and Okay. Then I had some one-on-ones and I just kept, and I was like, this feels so good. And also because I was just exhausted from hosting events. I was actually like peopled out, if that makes sense. Like I was like, I'm a people person, but I'm so tired of like the fucking wedding and the party and the birthday. Cause I'm like, Chata bueno. like I'm so tired. And it's not even like the planning. Cause I'm also a designer. So I would be on site designing. I would be setting up, breaking down, getting home late, missing weekends with my kids, missing family time. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I missed so much of my daughter's life because she was a baby child when I started this business. And I can't get that time back. And then I was like, I don't want to go through the same shit with my son. And all of last year, I had so much more time, but I was still making money because I was coaching. But I was just coaching on my time, like my schedule. I was able to put out a schedule. You, you're going to coach when I'm available. But events are when they're needed. They need it, right. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I could be like, you know what, that Saturday doesn't work for me. Can you do your party next Saturday? No, nobody gives a fuck about your schedule. They don't. The event world is literally one of the top 
five or seven most stressful industries. And it was before an, a, a fucking, the, the fucking ambulance people, EM, EMTs. I was like, what? Yeah, we have so, our stress, this was like two years ago it came up and I was like, I need out. Like when I read that, I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. How the fuck are we even in the same category as those, like it was like hospital. Like I was like, what? But then when you think about it, we're literally taking on all the stress from the bride, the people, the guests, the vendors, we as the planner or the coordinator, because when I'm coordinating, I'm in charge of all the vendors. It could be 20 vendors for an event. And on top of the 20 vendors, the 150 guests, the fucking venue, the this one, the that one, Joliendo, the grandma, the mom, the... Yo, my brain was like, I can't fucking do this. And am I still doing events? Yeah, but not like before. Because I know that I was burnt out. Like when I felt burnt out, I started like getting annoyed at events. Like, Ooh. while I'm there, I'm like, this fucking bitch, this fucking this, this fucking that. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I need to go home. Yeah. And before, I would be like, party, fiesta, wedding, what, what, what? You're like, after party, sure. Now I'm like, yo, when the fuck is this over? Like, why the fuck do you guys want to party till midnight? I'm tired. But <laughs> that's when I was like, okay, I need out. Like, I'm starting to hate what I'm doing, and I don't want to hate it. I want to be able to pick and choose what events I want to work for. I want to be able to pick and choose. You know what? That budget's pretty good. I am going to work this Saturday. Like, you don't have what? No, I'm not going. I- I'm unavailable. Now I tell people, oh, I'm, I'm not available that day when the budget is not worth it. Because I know my-, my worth now. Before, I didn't. I would just take every fucking event, every time, every weekend. And the thing is, it was it was a need. Like, I needed to work for financial reasons. Now, do I need to work? Of course. I'm not fucking rich. This shit, my, my coaching business didn't blow up yet. I would love it to. But I got to put in the work now. I put in so much work with events. Now I got to put in so much work for, for coaching and the podcast. It's like the reason I want to use the podcast is to use my voice in a different form where it's not, I'm not necessarily coaching you in my podcast, but eventually some of my topics are going to be coach worthy. Like I have a mindset one that's um broadcasting, I think next week or the week after. That's a big topic mindset right now. Especially for entrepreneurs, like if your mind is not clear, you're not gonna be able to do the things that you put yourself out there to do. And that's huge. Even in your life in general. Even if it's a weight loss journey, a fucking, you know, whatever journey you're on, if your mind is not right, it's you're just not gonna get the shit done. And that's something that I had to work on for so long because my mind I would have serious imposter syndrome. I was suffering imposter syndrome for like a year when I kept telling myself I'm not a coach. And then I was like, I don't remember the day it was a shift. And I was like, yo, they're right. I am a fucking coach and I need to own up to it. And I need to do this. I need to provide this service because it's needed. So that's really why it started and how it started. And I'm hoping that it picks up to where I am solely doing coaching, speaking on panels and the podcast because I'm, I'm exhausted. But you see, um, even with your exhaustion, right, you said a key word there. You said that you were no longer happy with that. Yeah. Like you, you noticed the shifts in that, right? Another thing I want to be able to highlight here and correct me if I'm wrong, right? When you are here stepping into your entrepreneurship in a different light, right? In a different season, right? With different goals, right? A pivot. Let's call it that, mm-hmm. right? 
how how is this now stepping out of your comfort zone, right? Because having done event planning for so long, right? There there was a sense of comfort there. How is this oh, stepping yeah. out of the comfort here? And 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 being how we say on this platform, on this platform, we get comfortable being uncomfortable, right? So mm-hmm. how was that for you with that pivot and that transition so far? I'm still um I still have moments where I struggle with the comfort of calling myself a coach, of even showing up as a coach. There's times mm-hmm. that I when I introduce myself, I still say wedding and event planner. And then I'm like, oh, and I'm a coach. Because it's just embedded in me to be mm-hmm. what I've been for so long, right? So I still have that moment of uncomfortableness saying that. So mm-hmm. now I've been practicing even introducing myself as a coach first. And then I say, oh, and, I, and I'm a wedding and event planner. And the reason I do it now is because it's a practice for me to remind myself to own up to who the fuck I am. Mm-hmm. To pivot. And the funny thing is you use the word pivot and on my page. I'm not mistaken, it still sells it still says helping you pivot like a pro or guiding you pivot pivot. I know it says pivot like a pro mm-hmm. in life and business because that's what I wanted want to do for others. Yeah. For them to pivot into like owning their truth, who they are, what they're yeah. doing, their business or life, whatever whatever they're coming to me for. Right. So it's funny that you just use that word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because you know what it is? I mean, it's so easy to say, oh, the change or the transition. All of that is very true. But I feel like you've been in the entrepreneurship. You just pivot in where your entrepreneurship is leading you. You know what I yeah. mean? And and I think that's great, right? A pivot is good sometimes, you know? Yeah. Um, when it comes to, you mentioned how you missed out on a lot with your first mm. child, right? Like just Almost. If I'm literally, since she was born, when she was born, I was in college still. I mean, she was born my senior year in high school. So I went straight to college. I didn't miss anything. You know, people take time off. I didn't. I kept going. So I went to school at night, college, and then I worked during the day. Mm -hmm. So I think I saw her like 8 p.m. till the morning and started over every day until the weekend, until she was six, seven. And then after that, I launched the business and then I just worked on weekends too and worked during the week because I had a full-time job and ran the business until I don't know what year, but the one I had been getting laid off. I was in like the um, mortgage industry when, mm-hmm. when the market crashed like years mm-hmm. ago, I got laid off three times back to back and I was like, okay, God, I'm not going back to work. I'm going to figure this shit the fuck out. And I never went back to full-time work. I kept just going as an event planner. And I did that up until last year when I said I'm gonna start coaching, and that, but I was just gone all the time, and then I got pregnant again when she was six, yeah, because she was my son was born when she was seven, so or when she was turning seven, so I was 25 at the time, so then I have 25, two kids, a job, I was still working the full time job, and working the weekends for events until. Like in my early 30s is when I went full-time entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was crazy. It was yeah. literally fucking crazy. Like I was just like gone all the time. They would have games. I would miss. My son would have a game. I was like, I can't make it. Oh, my Mia was doing, I can't make it. I'll see you guys when I get home. And then, you know, the arguing with the father and you're never around this business. Are you sure you want to do this? Like, what the fuck? You know, you, you need to be home. And I, we were so young and fucking toxic. And the way we spoke to each other was just, I un, I understand him now. Now. <laughs> I was just going to so ask upset. you. 
But when I was younger, I'm like, fuck you. You don't want me to live my life. Fuck this. I felt controlled. I felt like nobody wanted me to do anything. I just felt like, I'm going to do this. I don't care. I was always, I was always, I don't want to say rebellious, but I always did whatever the fuck I wanted to, whether, whether they told me not to or not. Mm-hmm. with or without the kids like I was like no I'm gonna fucking go to college because what happened was when I got pregnant with me I was a senior and her dad was already graduated the year before and everyone's like oh my god you're gonna ruin your future if you have this baby oh my god you're gonna never go to college oh my god your life is over and what did I do I said fuck you all I'm going to college what did I do I went to college and they were like this bitch really went to college yeah for five years too not even four I added another fucking year and then <laughs> And then I worked my ass off, and then I kept working my ass off, and I'm like, my life wasn't over, right? I don't know if you heard right. the the, entrepreneur, the mompreneur one that I launched yesterday. I sure have. Because talk about it. I realize like people always blame you or your child, whatever timing you're gonna become a parent, like your life is gonna be over or your life is gonna change. No, how about your life just started? Mm. How about you think about mm. it like that? How about you say, you know what? Maybe I did get pregnant when I was 17, but I moved the fuck out and I never went back home since. Amen. So tell me, tell me how the fuck I was able to do that. Ask yeah. me. I don't remember. Yeah. I know that I did whatever it took to not have to move back home to my mom. You know what I mean? She offered it like last week. I'm like, leave me alone. I'm not moving back in your house. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You know. Same. I don't know. I don't know. I was like, no. <laughs> so for so long, I mean, sometimes I'm like, damn, I want to go home. <laughs> I hate <Yeah>. it here. <laughs> Yeah, nobody told me it was going to be like this. Who the fuck said I signed up for all this shit? But but for a while, like, I just had that in me where I'm like, no, I'm fucking proving people wrong because I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of people telling me, like, life is over and what are you doing? And oh, my God. And then when when we got pregnant with our son, we weren't even really together. So it was like, everybody was like, are you guys fucking stupid? Right. "Um, We are kind of stupid, but... We were yeah. young and dumb, and I thought I was in love, and I thought that, oh, my God, he's the same father for the two kids. This is perfect, a little fairy tale. And then mm-hmm. it didn't work out. And I was like, oh, I failed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so got back up and did what I had to do. But at the end of the day, like, do I regret anything? No. I think I just regret um, not asking for help. Mm. Okay. Because okay. I always was just like, I'm going to figure it out. Every, my friends always say, yo, I don't know how you used to figure it out. My friends that started having kids like in their 30s, they're like, how the fuck did you do this? <laughs> yo, my friend till this day, Melissa, if you hear this, she'd be like, I still have no idea how the fuck you did this at 18 and 19 years old. She's like, I'm like 38 and I have two kids under three. I think they're all both under three. Yeah. And she's like, this is crazy. And I'm like, it is crazy. I don't remember. And, but I did have help with her grandmother from her dad's side. Nana is an angel. She's still my freaking, I don't know what I'd do without her till this day. She sacrificed every day and watched my daughter for me every fucking day since she was two weeks old. Because I, I was determined to finish school. I was like, I need to graduate and I need to go to college. Whether or not your son is going to go to college is not my problem, but I am. So she sacrificed and me la cuido for years, for years. My daughter thought that that was her mom. And you know what's crazy? I just talked about it recently because my daughter hated coming home. She just wanted Nana. So when I was younger, I hated that so much. I felt like a failure. Like I was like, what did I do? I'm just going to work. Like Why doesn't this little girl love me? 
but I didn't get it. It's just she felt loved over there with right. me. She was just like, well, we're going home and we're going to sleep. And we're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to leave me again with my Nana for every day for weeks and weeks. And then, you know, that was it. Until I got older and I was like, she was just getting love. And that's what she wanted. And I didn't know how to give that. Because I was a fucking workaholic. So, you know, it's funny you're sharing this. And, and I always say, very transparent here. I always shoot over an agenda just to give an overview of questions. But the conversations <laughs> are always going to flow. And it's so interesting because this is exactly what I wanted to highlight. So because we've been planning to record already, I knew this was going to air um, for women's women's month, right? Because month yeah. is women's month, right? And, and one thing for sure here, we're we're about to make three years on this show on March seventeenth, and so uh-huh. for I've been I've been consistent with that. We always feature some strong woman here, and and I know I am one, but I love to bring that powerhouse over, right? And so to have met you and and know you now, I knew I wanted to share this platform and lead with a conversation of things that people don't like to talk about. And so one of the things that I love that you just mentioned, um, and I share your sentiment on that, um, is being determined to finish school, even though Mm. you, you know, a baby is in existence, right? I, I, I had my son on the Monday that spring break started and I went back to school when he was three weeks. I had to hand him over to my mom. Um, Wednesdays, I didn't get home till 10 o'clock at night and I was in school by nine o'clock. So there's so much there that I understand what that must have felt like for you because we know why we're doing it in that moment, right? We know the reasons why, right? Is you're having to prove to people that they're wrong. You're not going to just drop out, right? You're not just going to not finish or not go to college um, because that's what you want to do, right? And you have a little person who you're also doing it for because it's not just you're forgetting about you. This is for you and for that person, Mm -hmm. right? And people don't understand the pressure that that is to have to figure things out, to have to get it done because we feel somewhere inside us, we feel like we have something to prove to someone else, to the naysayers, to the ones that it kind of, you know, my nephew tells my sister all the time, you're, you're, you're praying for my downfall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he tells her that when he wants to guilt trip her. And it's like, they're pre- there was people who at some point may have been praying for our downfall. You know, it's for a horrible so long, feeling. I, well, for so long, even up to recently, sometimes I still feel like I have to live a certain life for other people. I have to change the way I speak sometimes. I have to, you know, curse less and be less loud and, oh, my God, and don't dance, don't twerk, don't do this. And I'm like, come on, bro. Like, I'm so fucking over it. Like, can you just just let me live? Like, at this point, are you serious? <laughs> like, I'm not hurting nobody. Who am I hurting? I'm not hurting anybody. If anybody's offended, that's really a, their problem because right. I'm not doing nothing wrong. Yeah. You know, Josie, um... To that point, right? Because this is this conversation is just flowing so great. The Josie that was once then, right? That had to prove something to someone. And I know sometimes here today, because I go through that too. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. like, oh, Daisy, you stop that code switch. Like you don't do that anymore. Like stop it, right? Um, because thank God I'm finally at a workplace environment where I truly feel like I'm seen for who the fuck I am. I have to mm-hmm. honestly say that, and it's been refreshing to still be able to be passionate about a career that 
at, at a place that accepts you for who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm very grateful for that opportunity, right? Because I know I've earned it um, and I've earned the place that I have today. But even today, sometimes that that it's ingrained in us, right? Like that code switch because yeah. we're so used to doing it, right? But would you say that where you are today, right, with this pivot, with this new season of your entrepreneurship, do you think you're doing it today to prove anything to anybody else? Or is this to prove to Josie who Josie is? No, I I feel like the last six months really is when I woke up and I was like, no, this is finally for me. Yeah. Because six months before, even earlier last year when I was saying, I'm going to start coaching, people were like, what? What the fuck is that? Like, where did that come from? You, you know, you're an event planner. Right. Like, stay there. And I'm like, okay that's great but I also was teaching for two years before this and I have the same students that come back for help still I'm like I can coach them you know like Mm -hmm. and then I just stopped telling people like Mm -hmm. I was just I'm gonna fucking do it and one thing for sure is those that know me when I say I'm going to do something I'm going to fucking do it and I don't give a shit what it takes how I'm gonna get it done I don't care like and my that's why I say sometimes, like, I don't know how I did some of the things I did in my past or where I got to where I'm at now. And I'm still not financially where I want to be, but right. meaning in general, being able to do what I've done, travel, explore, go on retreats, take my kids on vacations, go on solo trips. Like, I couldn't do that for so long because I felt guilty to leave my kids. I felt guilty mm. to go away. I felt guilty to, like, even when I was in my relationship, I felt guilty because there was times where financially like I was making more at one point and it was like okay I want to go away but we can't because you don't have enough but then if I have to pay for the whole thing all right let's just not go away and then at one point I'm like yo I'm paying for this trip let's go like Mm. I want to go on a fucking trip like if you're gonna come let me know like what's up because the thing with me is I don't feel like your man has to pay for everything I don't feel like your partner has to provide for you every way <laughs> if i got it then i'm gonna figure it the fuck out girl and when when you got it then you figure it the fuck out because that's why we're in this together right yeah so one thing about me is if if you can't go because you don't have money that don't mean we can't go i have money right. if you want to do something oh but you don't have it right now but i want to do it we're gonna do then it we're gonna do it we're gonna do it we're gonna figure it out later because yeah. I'm not going to fucking stop living over money. Money is this fucking thing that everybody worries about so much. It comes and fucking goes. That's what it's here for. Right. So we're going to make all this money and then we're going to die. Right. And the money's going to stay there. Stay here. So I'm like, no, I'm going to use my fucking money and I'm going to enjoy life now. Because when I die, I can say, hey, at least I got to go to fucking Morocco. At least I got to go to Mexico. At least I got to take my kids to the Bahamas. At least I got, like different things. And it's just like. What am I waiting for? Who am I waiting for? Mm. 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 So now people are like, damn, but you've been traveling so much. I'm like, because I didn't for so long. Right. Now that I want to fucking go out, my kids are big as hell. They can't get upset. I'm like, I'm out. Mom's out. Y'all good? Okay, I'm out. Like, y'all want to come one time? Okay, we'll go one time. But I need to live. Like, I'm at a point where I'm like, I really would like to just live. Instead of just be a robot. I felt like a fucking robot for so long. Right. And you already missed out on so much, right? 
why continue missing out on, on, on things, right? Why continue missing out on moments? Um, you said something that's so essential. And I think this, that's exactly what the clip is going to be. Cause I was just talking to a gentleman today. Again, I don't incriminate anyone here, so don't ask for no names, but, um, <laughs> I literally just explained to that gentleman and I said, the way I roll is very simple. These are the things Daisy needs, right? to meet those needs or to meet her wants, this is what you have to do. I am a believer that I take care of the other person. I take care of my partner. If that partner is giving me what I want or that person, not necessarily a partner, but just someone who there might be an understanding with is meeting my needs and is meeting my wants, then I know what I am willing and able to give to that person if it's what's going to meet their needs and their wants. And I feel that in life, it is a give and a take, right? And when we think about that, right? It's it's an exchange, you know, in the business world it might be a transaction, right? It may be an agreement, whatever that looks like. But when you look at it, when you think about all of it, is establishing what we want still in our power, still in our truth, is establishing where we stand in life. You know, something that I learned recently, um, not to feel guilty of, and I learned it at the panel that you and I both did, um, with your cousin, Lisa. Um you know, it's not being picky. It's having my standards and being mm-hmm. able to move forward with my standards, right? Because I know who I am. I know what I want, right? I know what my needs are. So why can't I stand truth in that power, right? Why why can't I be able to say these are my standards, right? Knowing, just like you, I'm I'm about the I, I could give for you too. Like, if this is what I want then we can do this. You know what I mean? It, it can go that way too. Um, so I love that you brought that up and that you were so transparent with that. I have one question before we go into the next segment. Um, keeping it raw. If you had to give Josie's life as of today, just one word, just one. I remember that, this question. That best describes it. What would that word be? A roller coaster. I love it. You know, some people love roller coasters. Some people I don't. <laughs> so she does. I literally fucking don't really care. Fun for fact, that. I don't either. I don't know if it's an age thing, but I'm like, yo, quita me de pegame de aquí, me voy a morir, me voy a morir. Yeah, no. So I'm, you know no. how the roller coasters go up and everything's cool. <laughs> and you're like, this is so much fun. I love it here. And then you don't know. It's like. <laughs> Why am I stuck? I feel stuck. Yeah. And then yeah. it's like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Not fuck the fuck you. you. <laughs> Yo, I've been in those <laughs> moments where I'm like, and it's happening again. And we're going up, we're going up, we're yeah. going up. Everything yeah. feels so good. And then it's, it's like, true, though. I got there. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't been on one in so long, but you're still right. There's like this awkward little silence right when it's about to drop. Because you're like, you're just there and you're like, yeah. Yeah, ahora. Yeah. Nada. Yeah. The way that I, I haven't been on a roller coaster. Y'all don't judge me. I'm, I'm, uh, y'all, y'all about to learn something today. How long? I'm going to tell you the month because I remember exactly what it was. I could tell the story too. Oh, so it was like within a year? No. Oh. <laughs> you said the okay. month. I'm like, so let okay. me tell you guys something. Let me tell you I got something. Okay. In the spirit of roller coasters and this being the one word that Josie chose here. Okay. I. The last time I was on a roller coaster was at Six Flags Great Adventures. It was, okay, hear me now. Pay attention, guys. It was in the year 2007 in the month of June. Now, I'm going to tell you why I know this, okay? I can tell you what I was wearing, too. But I'm going to tell you why. Because 
Listen, <laughs> we keep it all the I, way. Actually, right now here. you remembered. I remember mine now. Okay, so let me tell you why. I went out that night, the night before, with my girls, right? I had already left my home. I had already lived, lived with my ex-spouse, right? We were living together, okay? I sure did. We went out clubbing in Queens with the girls to celebrate one of the girls' birthday, right? I'm already and six. <laughs> I went to sleep over one of the other girls' house because I was like, I'm not going to go. I'm the only girl from the Bronx. That's per usual. The girl from the Bronx travels everywhere, right? Because yo soy metiche, sí. I go everywhere. Bien, bien atrevida. So... I, I go sleep, sleep over the other girl's house and I wake up the next morning and my, my ex-spouse was working um, the night shift, loss prevention. <laughs> he listens to the podcast, guys, so he's probably going to listen to it, he's going to laugh. But he worked on Fifth Avenue at a store and I said, oh, I'll come meet you. I'll take the cab over to the city. We go home. He said, great, no problem. We didn't have our son at this time, right? So remember, I'm hungover. It was a night of clubbing, drunk as shit, okay? We go home. And he's like, you know what? Let's just go. Let's just go to Six Flags. And I'm like, yeah, let's just go to Six Flags. So I, we change clothes, right? We're heading to Six Flags. We go. I get on those roller coasters, and on the last roller coaster, I felt so sick, but sick, sick. And I was like, what the fuck happened to me? What is wrong with me? Oh my god, right? I'm here like the liquor flipping like coming out of your so <laughs> It was the liquor, right? No, ladies and gentlemen, it was not. A month later, I confirmed that I was pregnant. I was pregnant with my son a month later. So this child who's about to be 16 this month, ladies and gentlemen, survived six flags, a whole roller coaster, and a night of drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. So my last roller coaster ride was my son's, I think, 12th, uh, 11th birthday. He went to Nickelodeon uh -huh. this year. We're like, yo, let's get on this first ride. First of all, that shit was, that fucking shit was a nightmare. I think I broke my neck with the whiplash. I felt like shit. I wanted to die. I was like, I fuck him. And, me and his dad were like, what the fuck was that? It was the worst fucking. It was like turning so fast and just going up down. And I was like, Eto pa matarlo, viejo, because I can't be on this. And I didn't go on anything else. I felt sick the rest of the night, whatever. But you just gave me a flashback about the whole pregnancy thing. So let me tell you. Summer of my before my senior year, we went to Disney. My mom, my sister, me, and my stepbrother at the time. August. I got sick on the airplane. Barfing all over the plane. So I'm like, damn, I guess the burger from... We, we stayed in a hotel the night before in New York. I'm like, damn, that burger, like... And I used to get sick in, in airplanes growing up. Okay. So it wasn't nothing new. Like, I used to really... You know how people throw up on the plane. I always used to throw up. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'm getting sick. I throw up on the plane. Cool. We get to Disney, the hotel. I throw up. I'm like, okay, this burger is really fucking me up, right? The first day they're going to Disney, I could not stop throwing up. And it was throw up, could throw up, could throw up. And my mom's like, oh my God, you must have a really bad stomach virus. And I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? Yo, never would I have imagined that there was a little person inside of me. But... So I'm like, the next day, I feel worse. I'm like, mom, I don't think I can go to the, the park. Like, I can't stop throwing up. She's like, Becca. they go to the pharmacy. They get me, you know, Gatorade, the bullshit, whatever. My stepbrother's like, bitch, are you pregnant? And I was like, he was young. And I was like, no. So they leave. I call John, their father. I'm like, hey, um... 
I don't feel good. Like I keep throwing up and I call my best, one of my naked best friends at the time. And I'm like, hey girl, I don't know, but when I get home, I'm going to have to go to like the doctor, Planned Parenthood. She's like, oh, we can go to Planned Parenthood. You're 17, whatever. And I'm like, okay. Cause I didn't know anything any better. Bitch. I go the next day to the park with them. Right. And in my head, I'm already like, I'm, I'm pregnant. Like I, I know this, right. Every ride had the thing that said, if you're pregnant, stop. Pregnant, pregnant, and I was like, I'm going on these fucking rides, cause I'm not pregnant, right? I'm, not, I'm going on these rides, go on all these rides. That was the only thing I didn't feel good. Like I felt okay. That night I got sick. I started throwing up, but it was like the acid. Like I just nothing in. I was like this when I was pregnant. I was 115 pounds, and I'm like, I had like a six pack, and I'm like, there's no way I'm pregnant. Come on, yo, we go. I go back home. I go with Andrea at the time to so fucking Planned Parenthood. <laughs> Yo, the lady's like, do you think you could be pregnant? I'm like, I don't think so. Like, you know, whatever. I'm like telling her about my period. She comes back. She's like, well, we have news. And I'm like, all right, what's up? She says, you're 12 weeks pregnant. Oh, my God. (laughs) Do you know what 12 weeks is? Guys, at this point... There's first a whole all, human. First of all, there was I, a whole human. Whole human. In there. First of all, I'm as she said she had abs still. So <laughs> I was I had a six pack. I was she lit. Had a six I was pack. like, yo, I looked at the girl. I I became fucking stupid, and I go, how long is twelve weeks? And she's like, you're three months pregnant. And I said, no, 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 I just had my period last month. And she's like, you can get your period in the beginning. And I said, no, 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 no. And the girl was like, listen. You're probably nervous. And I'm like, no, there's no way. I'm telling you right now, there's no way that there's no way. And I'm arguing with this fucking doctor. And she's like, do you want me to call like your mom? I said, are you fucking crazy? No, bitch. I got to call the father first. And I was like, no. Yo, I hid it for like two more weeks. My mom hears this. She's going to be so mad. I kept missing school. I'm like, I don't feel good. <laughs> this stomach virus. And one day, you know what my mom says? No, no te preocupe. Hoy. Vamos al médico mío. Because this bug is taking too long. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? No, I'm going to go to school. And she's like, no, you're not. You're going to go to my doctor today. And I said, no, no, mom. I'm fine. I got dressed thinking she's going to let me go to school. No, this bitch drove to New York. So there's a hundred-year-old doctor. And he first wait, thing wait, wait, like, wait, wait, Where was this doctor? Was it right there in the Heights? Yes. He was like a hundred. Un viejito. And I'm there like. Cause I already knew, yo, this story's wild. I don't, I've never put this on air. <laughs> oh my god! So we go in and I'm like, like man, nervous. Like, oh my god, she's gonna fuck me up. Like I'm in my head, like she's gonna be my fucking ass. And the guy's like, okay, vamos a hacer, eh, you know, ponga el orine aquí, whatever. I go to the bathroom. I'm like in the bathroom. I'm like, yo, I'm like, should I put soap in my pee? Should I put water? <laughs> like, I'm my dumbass, seventeen, like. What if I just put water in it? It won't come up positive. No. I come out and I'm like this. And then Kai, the viejito's walking in. Ay, tenemos buena noticia. And Not I was like, noticia. Yeah. Because it was a mirror. It was like, you know, he's older. So he's like, oh, you're going to be a grandmother to my mom. And I'm like, and she, he's like, oh, no, 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 stomach bug, whatever the fuck is called in Spanish. And he's like, estás, Alana remembers, embarazada. Ay, Dios santo. And I was like, I was waiting for the, 
And I went, I already flinched. She didn't do nothing. And I was like, and she looked at me and she's like, bueno, I guess you're having a baby. And I was like, no, no, mom, I don't have to have it. Because I thought she would be happier with me not having it. Right. And she's like, tu ta loca. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you want me to have it? And she's like, no, tu te pusiste a tener sexo, tu vas a tener este bebé. And I was like, wait, what? Because I was already getting ready to dorm, go to college. I was in five colleges already. Like I was, I was a straight A student. And I was like, what? Well, no, I can't. I no. And till this day, I was like, I'm no, mom. I don't know. And she's like, no. You want to fucking play around? You're gonna learn how to be a parent now. And then she gave me a hug. She didn't be mad. She never be mad. I was waiting for my ass to get beat, like beat. I never got beat. That is, you know, it's insane, right? Because it's like we get so nervous. Like, you know, right, 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 right. Listen, my mom used to call it the Walaro na revés. And let me tell you something. This platform knows about La Chata. My mom had, okay, everybody knows La Chata. She's the sweetest fucking lady in the world. But homegirl always had three rings here. And they were the biggest fucking rings. And of course, the daughter, the one very bold and very vocal, right? You got the, it all, I always, all always. It was, it was the move. It was the move. You would think that after so many years, I would master the movement. You know when I would get the, the, this, this mm. one? I would be like, oh, the, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would always like do another that. Tea, Knowing girl. that she was going to, I'd be like, yeah. And then if I cried, it was like, tu quieres llorar de verdad? And I'm yeah. like, but I am. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. For us, it was, you know, me llores. Don't you dare cry. Que ni te di tan duro. I didn't even hit you that hard. That's what it was for us. No, it was like, you want to cry for real? I'm like, no, but I'm dead ass crying for real right now. Like, I'm crying. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting, right? Again, just like the way this conversation is flowing, these, and these stories are, are meaningful because where we are today, once again, as women, right? And the times we're in today about women's rights, right? And, and what women are allowed to choose, right? I'm going to be honest here, and I think I've shared this here on this platform before, but um, my pregnancies have always been products of failed birth controls. There's only one birth control that worked for me. That was an IUD and thank God for that one. But you know, don't get me wrong. He's cute. I mean, but <laughs> the birth control was supposed to work guys. It really was. And I laugh and I tell him this story all the time. So I'm like, yo, you better be careful. Don't be thinking that, you know, uh-uh. so I, well, be, I, I got pregnant with my son. I was on birth control. Yeah, no, it's very yeah. real. Right. But you know, I, I'm definitely pro choice and, and, and I've definitely had to make that decision. I've definitely also miscarried. I've shared this story here in the past and, you know, I, I, I don't have regrets to that, but a lot of it had to do, especially the, after I had my son, a lot of that had to do with certain decisions, right? Um, I never thought I would be in that position. I never thought I would have to sit there and talk to myself and make a decision for myself, right? And and I was, I eventually was. I used to be very, no, it's, we're against that. That's not what we do. I, I could never, not after miscarrying too, like, oh my God. But there was a point where that could be my truth. And so can this, in this moment, in this very moment of where I was, um, becoming a single mother right when we were breaking up, right when a divorce was in, in the works, you know, um, this was a surprise. Right. And, and I had to make a decision for myself and, and I don't regret that by no means, but I do like to highlight the thought process that comes right with the older generations. Right. Sometimes it was a hit or miss. Sometimes you had the parents who would decide to say, no, you're going to do this and they'll hug you. And then you had, had- other times where they were the ones taking you. 
well, to I handle had a the situation. In high school that her mother took her, but she yeah. was very far along. Yeah. Mm. So it was a traumatic, traumatic experience for her. Because it was like a whole a whole baby. And she was only eighteen and she was like, I have I had to go through this whole thing. Yeah. I thought my mom my mom, I didn't know until recent she's against it. Like abortion. Yeah. She's totally against it. Yeah. So I uh, now I know why she was so like, No bitch, you wanna go fuck? You gonna have this kid and I was like, What? And I was so young that I really was like, nah, she's not going to want me to have a kid. Like, she knows I'm a straight-A student. Like, I have all these things that I have planned. And she was like, nadie te dijo a ti que te ponga en mental. You got to figure, you know, like, no one told you to fuck around, nana. You gotta right. And I would be like, is she dead ass? Like, what? Girl, she so, was dead ass. Girl, she, she was. She was dead ass. My daughter's about to be 21. She was very dead ass. She was very dead ass. <laughs> Listen, I'm here for this conversation. I'm happy you felt comfortable enough to share this here because times have changed. You know, there are times now where we are having more at least of this conversation. And there are women yeah. who are still fighting for so many rights to at least have the conversation and the option. There are some ladies who can't do that, right? Some women. I shouldn't just say ladies, but women in general. Um, society too, you know, it's about just owning our bodies and making those decisions, right? And making it a safe process, a safe decision making process. Right. Right. And, 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 and I want to highlight that because again, I come from a background too, where certain things just were a no go, you know, certain things were so taboo. Yeah, at all. So thank you for sharing that um with the roller coaster word and the roller coaster ride that this one look at where look at where that word went. Yeah, but it's so funny because I've never shared the full story. And so I felt comfortable enough sharing it here too. So I've never shared that shit either. Yeah. Actually my 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 closest friends know, but like the whole yeah. like I'm fucking barfing my brains yeah. out right before going like what? Yeah. It's it's Disney and six. Blaming yeah. that damn burger. I was like, that burger was crazy. Not that fucking burger. three weeks later. It was an hamburguesa. That's what it was. <laughs> this burger is big as fuck right now. <laughs> the doctor said, I have great news. No beetle. Yo, I think a buena noticia. And I was like, what is this motherfucker talking about? What? They, they oh not going to kiss her. <laughs> I was like, I was like, the water in my urine did not help, clearly. <laughs> I put water, water in that shit. Not the water. That is hilarious. Like, I was like, is there bleach? Like, is there something in this bathroom? I, now I need to Google this shit. Um, nothing is going to help, girl. <laughs> this is going to segue into double or nothing, which is actually perfect. Because as we're talking about the older generations and all that good stuff, right? I want to talk about ambition. It's a word. It's a word that's not really traditional when it comes to, you know, maybe our cultures, maybe even just like our backgrounds, right? Us as women, right? What is a woman really, according to the older generations or our cultural differences from the then to the now, what is a woman supposed to be doing versus where we are today in life um, for women and how that ties into ambition and leadership? What are your thoughts with that when it comes to ambition and leadership for women? Like what it was then and what it is now. And and what it is for you. So the funny thing is, my mother, um, you know, she married her father and had all three of us. And then they got a divorce when I was eight, 29. And she always just worked so much. She owned her own business as well. Travel agency in Washington Heights, 178th in St. Nicholas. Okay. You know, Hello. it's still there. Somebody, somebody bought it and it's still there 
we're, we're friends with a girl that owns I it I love it. And my cousin works there. Like, it stayed in the family. They actually kept her name and everything. But, so I was always in the entrepreneur life, right? And I just always saw her like that. Like, this ambitious woman. She's going to figure it out no matter what. If she's alone with the three kids, she's going to get help. If we had to go to work with her, we went to work for home weekends. If she had to get a nanny for us, she did. She traveled a lot. She was always in DR, back and forth. like, And I just always saw that. And I'm like, that's so cool, right? But because I didn't know that other stuff was lacking at the time, like the love at home, the time for us. I didn't see that because I just saw she's a provider. She has no choice, right? So I saw that as being ambitious, right? And then when I started it, I was like, I always told myself, I want to do things different for my mom. I want to stay with the father of my children. I'm going to make it work. And I'm going to fucking be the best mother ever. I walked right into the same footsteps as her without even planning it. I literally ended up alone, you know, without their father. Not alone, like, you know, in in a sad situation. But it was like, we weren't together. We never got married. We were so young. We had two kids together. We both still don't have any other children. Um, but I did the same thing. I was a workaholic. I was ambitious to make shit work, to figure things out, to make sure my kids had what they needed, to make sure the house was well kept, food, bills were paid. I never let anybody see me struggle. My mom never let anybody see her struggle. And that was something to me. I think that that's what became ambition for me for a while is figuring shit out and going for what's yours and I still am the same way except now I give myself the breaks that I need I you know I'm still very ambitious with everything that I do in life but I still but now I can say all right I need a time out I'm not I I need to listen to my body I didn't give myself the grace in the past I didn't give myself breaks so like I now have that and I didn't have that before but like growing up in that household, it was very similar to me, you know, what I'd ended up doing anyway. So it's weird. And then, but before her, I don't know, like my grandmother was home. I don't know how she was raised, really. My mom moved around a lot, so I don't know what she considered ambition, you know. I think it's ambicioso is the word in Spanish. I don't know. Ambicion. I think if we've ever even. Yeah. Ambicion, I think yeah. it's ambicioso. Like, but yes, ambicioso, right? It's it's more like I that's been presented to me in my life as more of a negative tone, right? It is. It like greedy like, yeah. type of approach as opposed to just being ambitious, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like I've heard ambicioso in the past more than I did mm. ambicion. But I can't remember when or why or how. So I don't know if I answered you. No, you did because it's interesting. That's what I considered it growing up because of how I saw it. And, you know, my sister's a business owner now. My cousin's a business owner now. Like, we all kind of like, I hang out with just business owners. Like, if not all my friends around me are entrepreneurs, my best friends from school, they're not, but they have amazing jobs. They're very ambitious in their field and their careers. But, we just have different lifestyles when it comes to work ethic and work and stuff like that. But they're doing very well. You know, they're married, children. They have ambition in other areas, you know. Right. So what is interesting with what you just said is, um, you know, I, I started this segment with tradition. 
But for your particular life, your tradition was seeing an ambitious woman, right? And leading with what her goals, right? And it's so interesting because you said, I didn't want to do it like my mom did it, but I ended up doing this part just I like kept her. saying, I'm not doing that. I'm, I, no, I'm going to be different. I'm doing the same thing that I didn't want to do. Right. You know, I'm going through the same thing that I didn't want to go through, but I don't know. That's yeah. what God had planned out for me. You know, I come from a background where the tradition was mostly um, women staying at home and taking care of the kids. But the women that I mostly saw were ended up eventually coming to this country as immigrants. So they couldn't just stay at home. They had to go out and work. They had to hustle and bustle to be able to provide for us, right? And the ambition translated into, you know, this this is the norm. This is what our tradition is. Tienes que, you know, tener buen trabajo. You know, you have to go to school. You have to do this. You have to do that, right? You take care of your husband. Take care, right? And still come home and cook and clean and make sure he's fed mm -hmm. and the kids and all, you know, all that other stuff. And the reason why I wanted to highlight tradition is because in a sense, I'm the one who kind of broke that. I'm the I'm one of the first ones out of the, the there's one before me and my family and then me who did the whole divorce thing you know i'm i'm the career woman i'm the one that you're the love, first one that got a divorce the second one in the entire family on my dad's oh. side you know um i think on my mom's side i am the first one i think on my mom's side and essentially what that looked like for me was you know i say it jokingly here but i'm not joking maybe kidding sometimes but i'm not i would love a man to say you know what i'm gonna stay at home but i'll make sure the house is good i i will upkeep it i i hope he's a great cook too like do all of that somebody for me. asked if i would be okay with that and i was like why not I, i'm not a stay-at-home person i'm not either <laughs> and that's the breaking the traditions that does there's some traditions out there who expect that mm. We don't come from the whole stay-at-home family. Nobody in my house. I've never seen that. Um, I don't really have a big family. But the aunts that I do know, they've all worked. Their husbands worked. They both worked. Nobody stayed home. Nobody did the, you know, you got to sit home and cook and clean and all this shit. I mean, we did our our, our duties, yeah. you know. But mm. I feel like my ex did laundry. He would wash dishes. He would clean. And I was like, okay, okay. I could do this. In the beginning, I'm like, what are you doing? Because I lived alone for so long yeah. that I didn't know how to accept help without asking for it. Like, Ooh. he would go take out the garbage, and I'd be like, what are you doing? I got it. Mm. And he'd be like, can you just, like, let me do this? And then my mom one day told me, Josie, Josie, you know, you're so used to doing everything, but you have a man that yeah. is willing, then take it. And I was like, I don't need him to do that. But it was, like, brainwashed that I could do everything by myself. I could do this. Yeah. You know that song, the Miley Cyrus now, because of her divorce and all that shit? Yes. I can buy myself flowers. Yeah, I can too, but I don't fucking want to. Yeah. Yeah. Same I don't want there. to. So <laughs> send me flowers, okay? And the thing is, can I go buy myself flowers? Yeah, I could do all the mm -hmm. shit she says in her song, but it's like, yo, us women need to stop Yeah. with the whole, I could do this, I could do that, because that's how we end up alone, because yeah. you're, you're saying you want to do everything, so I, why do you need a man? Or why, do you, why is a man going to want to be around a woman that doesn't shit doesn't need anything from him you know what i mean right like a man right. wants to feel wanted wants to feel needed and that unfortunately it's the truth i've right. literally been told you don't need me why am i here and i'm like because i want you want you here yeah i don't need you and you should be okay with me being okay not needing a partner i want a partner there's a big difference a lot of people feel like they need a partner Maybe they in their brain they think that's really what it is. It's not a need. You don't need to be with anybody. 
you you want to you don't want to be alone you don't want to feel alone you want to have that partner you want to have that spouse but it's not a need it's so funny because i actually learned recently just listening on other conversations um we do some of us women who are very strong right and who are very much so powerhouses we 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 say that we don't need them right but somebody said, um, and this was on another podcast, I actually heard the conversation, and, and the other person said to her, no, you do need someone. You need that person that you want because that's the person that you want. You need them because of the need that you have that they can meet that that need. They can meet that want for you. You know, yeah, there, there, that, there might be I, a I, moment I, in that, you know, that, that there's that, that need, part. right? Yeah, I get and, that part. But I used to not see it that way. I used to totally see it in the spirit of traditions here because it's what I want to highlight here of what it looks like to then to now, right? Back then, it was always such a need. There was a lot of conversation around the need. And when we're speaking about partners, definitely about us needing men, women needing men. You know, we need him to pay the bills and we need him to do this. And today, we, we have more and more women coming out of that comfort zone, right? Or breaking those traditions, um, breaking those stigmas. And what's so taboo uh, to say, you know, well, she's a woman with a career. She's a woman with a business. Or she has her entrepreneurship, right? Or, or multiple businesses at that, right? And, and we are breaking away from that, but we should still be able to have that conversation the non-traditional conversation of what that need and that want looks like. And I can want, I could decide and say, I want this person to be in my space. I want this person to be in my life, right? To do what? I don't, I don't need you to be here, but because I want you, now I need you for all of this. Because I want yeah. you, this is what I need I you can, for. I can see that sense. Yeah. But when, when someone's telling in the past has told me, you don't need me. You literally figure everything out by yourself. You've always done this. You've always done that. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't even need my mom sometimes, but I want her around. Right. But when I feel sick, who do I call? I'm like, mommy, I want that tea you used to make. Yeah. I need her to make the fucking tea right, <laughs> because right. that's a need. You know what I mean? I get that. So there's obviously it goes hand in hand. Yeah. But like to 100% say that you need someone. I to live no feel no yeah i don't feel like so i was born alone we, we were all born alone we unless you're a twin that you were you know you came out you know from but that's then not you everybody need your twin right but, <laughs> i mean i don't like, know how much <laughs> no but you know they have they have they have a different connection they do um, for sure but like in that situation i don't know to me i've just been raised in a different sense where it's like my mother always said well no if it didn't work out with that one there's a lot of other men in this world I love your mom. And I used to be like, mom, but oh my God, but I love him. And she's like, okay, but it's not okay. But there's so many more. <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure you not really love him? Not are you sure? Him? And I'm like, no, she would be like, are you sure you really loved him? And I'm like, I think. No? <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, no, nah, I don't know. <laughs> You know, it's funny you, um, you, dis- you brought this to light because that was actually part of what this conversation was going to be as a one woman show literally on a podcast but also with all your <laughs> all your businesses what does that look like when you are building and leading a team but also i noted it as building and leading a team and clients and why do i say that right because your unit at home is also a team that you have so when you yeah. are that one woman show right how does that look like for you with your balancing act how how are how is the Josie of today keeping up with all of that Oh my god. Um, but like for me, allotting time, mm. time time blocking it's called on your calendar and figuring out what days are best for this, what days are best for this. So like I know 
I record podcasts usually on Friday nights. My son's not home. Okay. So if I'm not out, which I don't go out much, I'll batch record three, four episodes. And that'll give me four weeks of content. I mean, four weeks of episodes. And then I'll do it again in another week and like that. So I've mastered that in the last few Fridays. I've been able to do that. So that's new for me. The coaching. Yes. I organize myself because of my calendar like i just know what days i can coach and i leave those days available right and the other days i block out for if i have events or if i'm attending something or if i'm just even right now being on the podcast with you i block today out because i'm like we're doing this right. today <laughs> you know nothing is coming up because somebody's like oh could you can you do this tonight i was like no i i cannot mm-hmm. i rescheduled this three times <laughs> <laughs> i am doing this podcast today i don't give a shit <laughs> So, you know, I even told my son, I'm recording tonight. He's like, you were on Zoom yesterday. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> Go to your room. Right. And let me record. <laughs> but I just, I, I've managed, I've been able to manage the time. So now, like, I get his basketball schedule and I'll be able to put that into my calendar way in advance so that I know, okay, no, he has this game practice, blah, blah. It's already on my calendar. So then I know to block that out and then I put whatever else I need around it. Because now, but in the past, it was work, mm. and then maybe I'll add some of my children's stuff. Ugh. Now it's the other way. Now it's the other way around. Now I'm like, oh no, yes. he got a game. Sorry, I can't go. Yes. Oh no, he got practice. I got to pick him up. But I wasn't able to do that before. Yes, that's exactly so for me, what I had to. Yeah, yeah, I had to change that. Yeah, I love that you and said I talk, that. I talked about that in the last episode that I aired mm-hmm. too, because I feel like you have to learn to balance. It doesn't matter if you have kids. It doesn't matter if you know launch that business. Don't worry about the kids. You'll figure it out. But, and also, like, do people really plan pregnancies? 90% of the time they try to, but 90% of the time you get pregnant without trying. Yeah. So what happens? You have to accommodate your life now to this new child. Yeah. You can't just, what are you going to do? You have a whole new life to live now. So. Yeah. Yeah. And ambition will tell you that whatever which way that looks like, you you can do it all. You can. Yeah. Yeah. You can. Maybe not forever you by yourself, but you can do it no. all. You absolutely can. It, it's too much when we try to be super women. Yeah. And it's the truth. We're not robots. Yeah. And I used to want to just do everything by myself because I'm like, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Right. Until I was like, you know what? Getting help is actually really nice. Yes. It actually feels good to ask for help. Yeah. I couldn't before. I was like, no. Oh, my God. I can figure this out. But now I'm like, hey, I need help. Like, I'm burnt the fuck out. I need X, Y, Z. Who can come? And I have a circle. I have a a community now. Like, my little powwow circle. I'm like, guys, girls, who's available? I need a hand. You know? So, it's different now. I see life very different now. That is amazing because you did say in our first segment, you did say one of the regrets you had was not asking for help. And so, who you are today. Oh, my God. That is that is the part of you that you are standing still truthful in your power and your pivot, right? Of who Josie yeah. is today after that roller coaster. You know, and, mm. and it's fucking amazing to me. That's right. That's right. Now you got a whole bunch of people sitting with you on the roller coaster, but that's okay. We going out. Like, y'all ready? Y'all ready? We're going y'all ready for this shit. <laughs> We're going. I have one last word going. before we go into the last segment. One last question, not word. Um okay. if you could reflect for one quick second. Right, just for one quick second, can you say overall you feel successful and happy? Yes, amazing, amazing. I can. That is beautiful. Because years ago, I would have never thought that I could have accomplished what I have so far. Yes, 
Yes, I love that. Considering the 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 ups and downs right. in this journey, right? <laughs> but I love it. But this is part of that journey. This is yeah. part of that journey because success and happiness looks so different for everybody. And yeah. I am a whole wholeheartedly, I am a believer that it's really a feeling. It is. Don't get me wrong. I don't feel happy every day. Right. Right. Same. <laughs> but we're entitled to have our feelings, yeah. and that's why I called it a roller coaster because I am not happy every day. I don't feel successful every day. But if I really sat down and said, oh, my God, I've done all of that, then, yes, I'm good. Absolutely. All right, we're going to go yeah. to the last segment, and this one is called an overdose. And here in this segment, we share something, absolutely anything, we are overjoyed with or completely over it. And it could be anything off the top of your mind. Doesn't have to be about this episode at all. So anything you want to share? Completely overjoyed with or completely over? It, yes. Damn. Um, Everybody says that, but I damn. Over. I am over <laughs> the idea of having to keep up with social media lifestyle Sweet Jesus talk about it mm. like I'm literally fucking over it yeah because if I literally catch myself now on, on Instagram just to like laugh at shit because <laughs> I I can't keep up dude yeah. like I feel like every fucking day in order to be successful in order in order to be successful mm. in order to be fucking making it you have to showcase the most beautiful lifestyle, the all this money and luxury and fucking traveling out the ass mm -hmm. and like like for people to really think that you've made it. Yes, and it's like no, no. <laughs> or like the following or like oh my god, you don't even have a lot of followers. No, my events page has a lot of followers. Yeah, for me, you know, fifteen thousand, whatever. I don't have 15,000 clients. Right. So I don't know who the fuck those people are. <laughs> I appreciate the ones that I do know. But theoretically and literally, I don't give a fuck anymore about the whole, I don't have following because whatever. Like this whole like hype about social media and, and being present and the amount of filters and people not looking like fucking human anymore. Like, bro, can we just look normal? Like, no one looks like this. Right. And let's be honest, half of the fucking people we follow that are, like, living their best life are fucking depressed and miserable. Mm. They're fucking miserable. Mm. But they only showcase the things that are going to make their life look like they're up here because that's what has been considered the norm now. Right. So if you're not fucking popping, if you don't got the fucking suit, the outfit, the brand... I don't wear a shit name, brand. I mean, no me importa. I shop on fucking Amazon. Listen. No me fucking importa. <laughs> and I look good as fuck. If y'all haven't noticed on my outfit. She does. <laughs> I'm fire. Thank you. For a very good price. Not for a um, very good price. No, I mean, like, not me. I mean, like, my outfits are very good. <laughs> I mean, I'm expensive, okay? She's expensive. Especially when my hair is straight. I could do That's this. right. Don't get it I'm expensive <laughs> as fuck. And I'm, 
actually not even for sale right now. Oh my god, but I love it. No, I just, I really am over the overly saturated lifestyle that you see on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that is my platform for work. That is where I get a lot of my clients. So I do stay on it. I feel like it is a need for me right now. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like, damn, I just want to be myself. And if you can't resonate with me, then obviously we shouldn't work together because that's the truth. Like, if you don't see a real human going through real human shit, because mm-hmm. that's what I want to associate myself with, Yeah, I'm over that. And I'm also just over really quick people that, like, this is the next week's podcast for me, but, like, gonna be fucked up but like when you like literally have friends that just like disappear out of your life yo i am a very fucking caring person and i hold my friends very near and dear to my heart no this is i really my top my fucking episode next week's gonna probably hurt a lot of feelings but i just feel like i'm over this situation where people feel entitled like if the whole world revolves around Mm. them And you have given them everything for so long. You've been lower backwards. You've done this, that. You've been available at all fucking times. And the one time you're not, you're the fucking bad person. Mm. I'm over it. I'm over it because for so long I lived that life of, oh my God, what did I do? Let's fix this. Let's this. No. No. I am exhausted Mm -hmm. in trying to be there for everybody because I can't. Mm -hmm. Because I don't have people there for me at all fucking times. Right. So when you want that back, that, you know, reciprocation, whatever the fuck the word is, like, you know, give me the same energy. Right. Because I'm not going to keep doing this. I, I'm, I'm 39. I'm not getting any younger. Right. If you're not supposed to be in my life anymore, then at this point, like, let's just, like, call it quits. Right. Let's not even have that conversation. Let's just say, you know what? I'm done. And I feel much better about that. Mm-hmm. I like closure 90% of the time. But if we're dragging shit, let's just call it quits. Right. Like, I'm not doing this. Right. Because I feel like I know I'm a good person and I know the shit that I've done for people around me and what I've offered and what I've brought to the fucking table. I've brought the goddamn table. So mm. don't fucking tell me nothing. Heard you. You know? Heard so you. So when you tell me, oh, the one time I wasn't available became a disaster, I whatever. That's a you problem. That's a you problem. Okay, so I, I want to add to your over it. And I wasn't, there was something else that was on my mind to, to share. But because you are, sure. are voicing <laughs> this, I, I'm, I think I want to focus on it, right? And so I want to share the space right now. Um, Because I used to be the person who used to give a fuck, right? And 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 mm-hmm. I'm someone who prides herself in just not giving a shit, right? I, I'm who I am, right? But when I say I don't give a fuck, when I say I don't care what people think about me, I really don't, right? When you have 20 plus years of friendship with someone, when you have those type of connections, right? You, you do care in a sense, like what happened? Mm-hmm. Like, did, did something go wrong and whatnot, right? I used to be that person years ago. And then I started this platform. And... I started realizing that the purpose of me starting this platform was because I did not like to be silenced uh, in my career and history. Um, not right now. Thank God for that. I, I experienced in the past being silenced for things. I've experienced that with different people in different types of relationships, family, friendships, what have you. Right. And I created this platform to be able to give myself a voice where no one can tell me what I can and cannot say and give others that that powerful voice with that microphone to be able to say whatever the fuck they want to say, right? 
I want to be able to highlight something that I'm over and I am over completely over and I'm making the executive decision to do this because I haven't spoken on this at all. I, I, you know, I go on my IG stories and I give like little messages of life lessons and things like that. You've seen them, right? Mm -hmm. But in a recent weeks, um, there was an approach by a specific person. Um, I shouldn't say specific person. There was a, there was an approach by a certain person who I thought everything was comical and collective with, not someone who I've known for 20 plus years for sure, not knowing them at all for years, right? You you just met me. Um, we're getting to know each other, right? Kind of like, you know, just interacting right. on social media. And, um, and we have met. And for some reason, for some reason of whether it's issues that they've dealt with in their past with themselves or what have you, I really, to this day, don't know. There was no real admittance on that part. But I was approached on one of my IG stories and I was told, you know, I kind of thought that was about me. And I kind of said, you know, this sounds like it's an assumption. I bet you think this song <laughs> is about you. Listen, I know. I love that song. I <laughs> I could fix these vocals right now. <laughs> I could. <can> Hold on. <laughs> But, you know, I was approached like that. And and one of the things that I am completely over is that we are in a time today where we should work wholeheartedly on being very self-aware and emotionally intelligent with ourselves. I mm. want to believe that that person approached me on something that may have been something within themselves, right? Because I know wholeheartedly. Yeah. That that IG story was not about them. You weren't talking about them. It was not them. about them at all. It's unfortunate yeah. that they thought that. And when I tried to interact with them in that moment of of having this discussion, there were other things that were said by that person that it just everything just seemed a little fishy to me. And I no longer feel comfortable interacting with that person. Um, it, it just feels uncomfortable for me at this point because other people were mentioned, not by name, but just, you know, others and things like that. Yeah. And that at that yeah. point just becomes a little too gossipy for me. Right. But what I do want to encourage here, because I'm completely over this, is people projecting whatever issues they may have. Right. Whatever thoughts they may have. Right. Whatever whatever unfinished business they may have with themselves that they're working on is one thing to work on it. And it's one thing to admit that you may need to still work on it. It's another for you to project it onto people. We are in 2023. Okay. We are having, and we're not kids, you know, we're, we're having discussions here. We're having discussions here yeah. about things we used to not discuss at all. You know, mental health, self-awareness, emotional mm-hmm. intelligence, you know, things like that. Right. And I, I just encourage people to really tap into themselves before ever approaching anyone on the basis of an assumption, because you don't know ex- essentially how you might be hurting the other person, you know, because you're so stuck in what you believe in. Um, you know, it's disappointing. I'm, I'm over that. I'm over feeling the disappointment uh, when you think someone is a certain way, right? Whether it's someone I've known for 20 plus years or three months um, or four yeah. months, you know, it's disappointing either way. And, and and it's our responsibility as individuals to tap into ourselves, work through our own shit, not project onto others. Um, my mom used to say, um, no says impulsiva, don't be so impulsive to rush into this. Right. right. And it's not about having those side conversations with other people. Cause that's just also based on assumption too, without even really knowing a person, there's a way to yeah. approach a conversation. And that's part of the self-awareness and the emotional intelligence. Have you seen the, 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 the graph that it's like a circle and it said someone's problem, mm-hmm. 
you mm-hmm. and what you know about their problem mm-hmm. and it's like this big yeah and it tells you just be kind right you really don't know what someone is going through right and at the end of the day like i would always try to offer like a hand and help and stuff like that and then i realize sometimes people don't really want your help mm. but they want to be heard mm. so i would i wouldn't listen i wouldn't i wouldn't listen to hear or i wouldn't hear to listen i would just let them talk Mm -hmm. for a while and i would like give my input right right but now i'm like are you venting do you want me to say something Mm -hmm. do you want an opinion or you just want me to hear you Mm -hmm. like listen and not speak because now i want to know before i start giving my input because i would cause an argument because they're like i didn't ask for your advice or i didn't want you to say anything or why do you always have to and i'm like holy shit right so i'm like you know what now i ask right hey do you are you telling me this because you want me to uh, give you advice or an opinion because i don't know what that person's feeling Mm -hmm. and i'm not gonna know based on what they're telling Mm -hmm. me they're just telling me something and that whole thing of like assuming yeah is just don't do it don't I'm sorry. And then then you can also just be like, well, if the shoe fits, fucking wear it at this point. You know, I could have said that. I could have. Yeah. But because of who the person was, I I didn't want to. I I actually wanted. No, no, no. I I, I agree with you not. But I'm saying sometimes it's like, bro, just if that's how you feel, sure. But but this is is where I'm over it, right? Because many of us could easily say, well, if the shoe fits, I mean, that's on you and that's it. Um, I still took the time to interact in that moment, but. It just it just felt so uncomfortable. It felt uncomfortable that after everything we discussed in today and age, after what we know in life, right? When you know, sometimes just just dealing with things on your own is not the way. Maybe you do need some coaching. Maybe you do need some mentorship. Yeah. Maybe you do need some therapy. I go to a therapist, and I have two coaches: my personal trainer, and still my food and health coach, who I could turn to. And still, I'm exploring to see if I could go ahead and get someone else to coach me just through life, right? I'm still trying to plan right. for that. Like it takes work, and and this is why I put the responsibility on the self awareness and the emotional intelligence. Because in that moment, in that interaction, I really tapped into myself here, and what I felt was in that moment, the conversation was one sided, and it was only one way. There was no way that person was at all seeing where I stood with with the perception. Now there was no way that person was seeing how I was feeling, and so I'm completely over that. I'm just over people projecting onto others whatever it is that they may be dealing with that communication is a two-way street (laughs) it really is and and we have to take into account what that looks like and and not lead just with you know a a narrow mind we we cannot do that so many people don't get that right i mean we started this segment with communication being about relationships yeah and that goes in every type of everything it could be work house husband professionalism sister everything instagram everything it's a fucking communication thing like if if you can't have a conversation with me then like i I can't do this yes because like i'm not a child either yes but and i've paved i've paved my way i've gotten to work yeah so you can't sit here and project your fucking anger on me all the time right or because my life is going a different way and i fucking always do what i'm gonna do and always do what i'm gonna i always say do what I said. I'm gonna do whatever. Don't be mad at me if you're not where you, if you're stuck where you were last year, and I'm mm. not. Because mm. that's another thing. Like people are mad. Yeah. When you're doing better, they're mad because you are progressing, and it's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. What do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to be the same person we were yesterday. Absolutely, I hear that. And just for the record, because we're gonna go into the ending of the show, I, if I have not made myself clear in the last two years, 
11 months, two, three weeks, because two weeks, two weeks, three weeks, Um, because we're about to hit the third birthday on March 17th, y'all. Let me make it very clear one more time. I've created myself a show and a platform, my social media. I say what I mean and I mean what I say and I talk my shit however which way I want. If there is anything I ever need to say to someone, I'm going to say. And if I don't tell you anything, it's because I have nothing else to say to you. And it's not a space for anyone to assume anything. You get what I mean? Like people are tired of being silenced. And when you come for someone's messaging, and make it about yourself it feels like you're trying to silence someone and that's not okay so let me just make it very clear this this is this is why i created this show that's why i went i i i said i need to go on a podcast i have so much to say and i feel like i couldn't say it to people without offending people so now i'm saying it and those that listen and get offended i'm sorry but but this is what it is I have to say things. I have so much to say. This is what it is. (laughs) I hear you. I hear you 100%. Um, We have come to the ending of this episode. Oh, my God. Ah, This was so good. This was a good episode. I am so happy you came on. And I I always say this. Like, my guests always come back. And if this is the case of one of my, like, former guest listeners, just let me know that I haven't brought you back. Because I I love to sustain my, my... no, friendships my, my network my, my my circles my socials I, I i like to sustain them from here when there's a connection made um i am very grateful that you've agreed to come on this episode and to highlight these conversations and to give us some some details here like story <laughs> here. my roller coaster yeah about <laughs> the roller coasters this is like probably one of my favorite stories ever um <laughs> i want you to please tell my listeners where they can follow you support check out your businesses um and your leadership and your coaching and of course the podcasting so pretty much everything can be found on instagram at at it's josie maldonado which i think you'll spell out for yes them. i will and um so literally in my link tree there has everything yeah. my website my podcast link to the fierce fempreneur which is also on spotify on apple amazon music it's everywhere and yeah the coaching program i can either do group or i do one-on-one so whatever is needed so pretty much that page says everything. I do have my events page, which is at F&M events, but also that's linked to the other page as well. Yeah. So pretty much everywhere. Absolutely. And as always, guys, you know, it's going to be in the show notes, all the links that are necessary to the social media platforms and her website. And as always, guys, this has been another week and another episode on Double Dose of Rock Talk podcast. I'm your host, Misty, and you guys will tune in next week. Bye. Bye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And we are live on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe, rate, and review. Talk to you later. Bye.